Oh yeah, Saturday morning coffee. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. The call to gird up is an ancient way of telling a man to prepare himself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world. Here, you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God has created us to be. We're glad you've joined us today. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves to gird up and join us on this road towards Christian manhood. May God bless your time with us. Here we go. Good morning, gentlemen. My name is Charlie Ungemak. I'm the founder and curator of the Gird Up podcast. Um, professionally, I'm a first and second grade teacher and minister of the gospel in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I uh, have a great joy of serving one of the most underserved and underprivileged communities in the United States. Uh, we're consistently on a list of the top five zip codes for incarceration rates. So what that means is um, we have one of the highest zip so our zip code has one of the highest incarceration rates in the country. Um, what that means to me personally is that I am surrounded by young men and women who have very few father figures in their lives or very few positive father figures in their lives. And it becomes very clear to me, very apparent to me very quickly just how desperately um, we as Americans and we as minority community and we as Christians need influential men in our lives. And that led me, among other things, including my own inability to be the man that I wanted to be, it led me to create this podcast, which basically in its truest form um, is me sharing my journey to become a Christian man, um, me sharing my studies, my learning, my reflections as I uh choose to follow Jesus more closely and as I um, become closer and closer to my Heavenly Father. Not that I have yet achieved <laughs> such grace and mercy. Um, I certainly am a sinner. Today was one of those days where you get to the end of the day, you go, Woof. glad the Lord has forgiven me. Um, I definitely reflected a little bit on some of the words in my music as, this morning as I drove to school, um, telling me that, that the Lord's love is strong, that he forgives me. Um, and that even though I may be the chief of sinners, I am forgiven. And with that in mind today, I want to talk about Kanye West. If you're not familiar with Kanye West, he is a big time, I don't know where you'd categorize him, pop music, but mostly like rap and reggae and that kind of stuff, right? Soul music. Um, but mostly he's known as a rapper. And for many, many, many years, he created a lot of music that was utterly sinful and wrong. He created a lot of music that was just vile. Um, I personally <laughs> would be a fan if I could listen to his music without um, offending the Holy Spirit, frankly. I think that's the easiest way to put that. Um, I, I've tried several times to listen to his music. Uh, I love the beats. I love the way he raps. I love his flow. Um, but I can't listen to his music without feeling in my heart and in my mind that what I'm doing is wrong. Um, talking about everything from sex and drugs to the street life. And it just, especially with the circumstances that surround me every day, especially in my work and my ministry, I just can't justify listening to a lot of his music. That being said, Gold Digger is one of my favorite rap songs. <laughs> I don't know why. I've never had a girl gold dig on me. I don't have any money to give her, but it just cracks me up, I guess. Um, Jesus Walks was always on my football playlist before I played football games. 
And uh, there's a lot of Kanye songs that you probably recognize, even if you don't know Kanye per se. There's a lot of music that you probably recognize. And, and I'm not here to educate you on pop culture or anything. If you want to know more about Kanye, you can go ahead and look him up. But what the reason I want to talk about him right now, the reason we're talking about him today, is he recently put out a gospel album. He recently put out a gospel album. Now, so keep in mind, this is a man who for most of his life and most of his very, very, very public career, he's a he's a very popular man, and he's in almost every day's news cycle, whether he's talking about God or not. He has put out a gospel album, and he made himself famous on music that was anything but gospel music. <laughs> it was anything but glorifying the Heavenly Father. That's how he got famous, and now... He's stepping back. He's refusing to play his old songs. He won't even perform his old songs, especially some of the the more vile music. He's refusing to perform it. He'll put a beat on, and he'll rap new words over the top of an old song. And it's actually making his fans, some of his fans, very angry because they love his old music. He's changing everything. He has radically changed. He's taken kind of a 180 turn. And he's claiming it's all because of Jesus. And there's a couple different ways that people... Uh, in the Christian world, have reacted to it, and I, I have lived my entire life since childhood in the Christian world. So I can't speak to what the, the non-Christian world, the unbelieving world, might be thinking or saying about a guy like Kanye West. But I can tell you what the Christian world is saying because all my friends and family are Christians, um, and uh, I've seen the way that they're reacting to it. So there's two different reactions that are really happening right now. Um, in uh, the Christian world. And by the way, the reason I'm talking about Kanye specifically is I think he works as a great um, case study of what happens when evil people, when wicked men come to the Lord, uh, when the Lord rescues wicked men, what tends to happen in the Christian world as a reaction to it. And I want to caution, and I think we need to be more educated on how to act when someone who clearly does not love Jesus and clearly has not loved Jesus for many years comes to faith, and now is a part of the gospel and now wants to be a part of the church. And and this is something that I experience probably more often than most of my listeners do, simply because, again, of my setting. We have consistently, it's because of where we are and who we are, we consistently have, um, you know, addicts and convicts and, you know, undesirables, if you will, coming through our church doors, um, sending their kids to our school, we're consistently interacting with the least desirable members of society, and we consistently see them coming to faith, and we consistently see changes in their lives as they as they get to know Jesus. Um, and so this is something that's really been laid on my heart, and I want to talk about it. So there's been two major reactions as Kanye has, has come out as a Christian, um, has grown in faith. So for a long time, he's been rapping songs, like single songs, about his faith, and he's been mentioning his faith in, in his raps and things like that, but he really hadn't changed his lifestyle. He really hadn't changed his music. He was still cussing a lot. He was still rapping about the things of this world quite a bit, and more recently, within the last year or so, he has kind of cut ties with the old Kanye and has, has changed course, and so there's been two major reactions. Some people <laughs> have just jumped right in, similar to the way they did with Chance the Rapper. Um, if, again, if you're not familiar with Chance the Rapper, go look him up, learn his story. I'm not here to educate you on pop culture, but 
Go ahead and look him up. It's worth your time as a, as a Christian man. Um, but anyway, some people will just jump right on board, throw caution to the wind completely, and uh, ride the bandwagon um, because he's the new big thing in Christianity and he's the new big thing in the Christian world. And they just jump on the back and support him no matter what. They don't even pay attention to what he says. He loves Jesus, so we're going to love him. And I'm certainly not condoning that attitude. I don't want that to be my message. It is not my message. It's not how I'm handling it. I, mean, I don't think it's right. Um, scripture makes very clear that we should be careful about putting young Christians or, or recent converts in, in um, authority. And I think that this applies also here, that we should be very care- careful and cautious, um, especially about somebody who has such influence as Kanye. I think we should be cautious. I think that's healthy. Um, but that's not the way most people are reacting. Most people in the Christian world have had a negative reaction to this. At least most people in my circles in the Christian world have had a negative reaction to this. And they either, A, try to make out Kanye to be a clown and just totally dismiss him offhand, or B, they condemn him as a farce, um, either as a just a false prophet who's spilling evil or something, um, or they they condemn him as a fake Christian who's just doing it all for popularity or for money, or that he's just a nut and a loon and he doesn't really understand what he's saying and he doesn't really get it. Um, and, and I haven't really seen anything other than those two reactions, either very, very, very positive, like overwhelmingly positive or overwhelmingly negative. And very, very seldom have I heard what I would hope to hear, which is what I'm going to outline now. Um, I'm not going to talk about the people who jump right in necessarily. Uh, I think that my experience says that very few people have had that reaction, at least in my circles. Um, and most of those people, either they'll run their course and they'll come back, or they're jumping on bandwagons all the time anyway. And I would argue that there's probably not really secure and genuine faith there and have their own issues they need to fix. I would rather talk about the other end, the strong Christians, people who know and love Jesus, people who've been in the church for a long time or their entire lives even. How do we react to something like this happening? How do we react to a cultural icon? Because he is an icon from fashion to music. He's one of the most talented, like unanimously, music experts will say he's one of the greatest musical talents of so far the century. And obviously, it's a very young century. We've only been here for 20 years. But so far, he's one of the great musical minds of the generation of, of the new century. There's no doubt about that. It's clear. It's consensus. He's incredible. He's a cultural icon. And he very much was not following Jesus before. And now he's claiming that he is. So a lot of people like to dismiss him as a clown. Um what, one of the ones that I bumped into, one of the ones that really made me sad and actually started me on this path was um, two, two actually different instances. One was um, there, uh, well-meaning friends of mine uh, who were posting online several different situations and people, by the way. So if you're, if you're one of those friends, don't feel too bad. But um, very, very well-meaning people online talking about the idea of um, as soon as they got their hands on the Kanye album, they're sitting down and listening to it together and analyzing all of his words for doctrinal content and analyzing everything he says, all the lyrics, um, analyzing them, um, determining their value immediately, and then um, jumping right on to either uh, condemning it or, or then preaching it. And, and, and unfortunately, a lot of times, even with they don't condemn it, they won't then endorse it either. So even if they can't find something to condemn, what's happening is they're saying, wow, not bad, 
good for you. There, what, what's really happening is what we're trying to do is condemn. Our first reaction is to condemn. <laughs> and some people aren't even listening to it before they condemn it. And, and the only way that you, condense, you can condemn something that you don't really know anything about is to make it foolish, right? Just to make it unwise and foolish. We see that in politics all the time. We just make somebody out to be a fool and then we can't believe anything that they say, right? And, and I think the most specific example of that that I've seen, um, I heard somebody say the, the following words. Um, he wrote a song called Chick-fil-A, and it's all about how he won't have, about his, his wife won't have sex with him on Sunday. And then they made a whole bunch of jokes about, you know, um, you know, not having sex on Sunday or how even Kanye can't get any from his wife on Sunday or, um, you know, what if, what if the Sabbath was on Tuesday? Would it be able to have sex on Tuesday? Like, and they're making jokes and I don't even frankly know how to make a joke about that. I'm not trying to set myself up as more righteous or something. I, 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 I don't, I don't know. They have a sense of humor. I don't have, I guess I, I can't even make a joke about it. But, um, I, and so I heard that and I had already heard the song before I heard that be said that statement made and I said I, I don't think that's what's going on and so I, I went and looked up the lyrics uh, again this song is called close on Sunday uh, it's called closed on Sunday and, and, and somebody condemned it as just like hey he wrote a song about how his wife won't have sex with him on Sunday now that they're Christians and, and, and but here's what he actually wrote closed on Sunday you're my chick-fil-a Hold the selfies, put the gram away. Get your family, y'all hold hands and pray. When you got daughters, always keep them safe. Watch out for vipers, don't let them indoctrinate. Closed on Sunday, you're my Chick-fil-A. You're my number one with the lemonade. Raise our sons, train them in the faith. Through temptations, make sure they're wide awake. Follow Jesus, listen and obey. No more living for the culture, we're nobody's slave. Stand up for my home. Even if I take this walk alone, I bow to the king upon the throne. My life is his. I'm no longer my own. I pray to God that he'll strengthen my hand. They will think twice about stepping onto my land. I draw the line. It's written in the sand. Try me. You'll see that I ain't playing. Now back off my family. Move your hands. I got my weapons in the spirit's land. I, Jezebel, won't even stand a chance. Jezebel, don't even stand a chance. Now, if somebody from my congregation or from my church wrote those words, I'd be praising him. But somehow, because he's famous, somehow because he's lived a life that's immoral, when he speaks those words, I dismiss him. I try to make a clown out of him. I don't find anything in there that's anything but absolutely spot on. If I can live my life that way, if he's really living his life that way, God be praised. I can't make a fool out of a man who's truly chasing the Heavenly Father. And based on those words, I'd say he absolutely is. My goodness. He's talking about celebrating the Sabbath and practicing healthy family values, spending time with his children, taking a day off from, from social media, from the pressures of the world, and just spending time with his family and with his Lord. I mean, he's talking about raising children as sons in particular, strong in the faith, preparing the next generation of believers, living for heaven. Even if he has to walk alone, he's going to walk the path of faith, um, stepping up and taking dominion over his family, like, ensure, like taking responsibility for his family and ensuring that the members of his family are sp taken care of spiritually, that they're spiritually healthy and safe. These aren't things to be condemned. These aren't things to make a fun of. 
the man has stepped into his role as a man of God, has stepped into his role as a Christian, stepped into his role as a human, stepped into his role as a created child of God, one who's been redeemed, who's been bought back and restored. Praise the Lord. The other group of people um, tend to talk about him as a false prophet, right? This idea of he's a false prophet or he's a demon, he's going to lead people astray. And, And maybe five years from now I'll be proven wrong. Maybe five years from now, Kanye is going to revert back to whatever he was doing before, and now he's going to take all these Jesus freaks with him, and he's going to just lead everybody into the into the fiery pit. But I don't think that's going to happen. I spent hours and hours researching Kanye in order to do this podcast and watching Kanye, and I can't say I was anything but uplifted. I, I, I was trying to find fault with him just so that I wouldn't look like a fool if he ever turned away. But I've been like I looked at his lyrics. For the last 10 years, he's been rapping about how Jesus walks with him, and, and not just that Jesus walks with him, but being specific about the Lord answering his prayer. Um, and then like if you watch his lyrics from, from one of his first albums, uh, College Dropout, um, and through the graduation, you look at different singles, and he's talking about the idea of, uh, at first he's saying, Jesus walks with me, and basically saying, I don't understand why the world is the way it is. And then he starts saying things like, I feel like a hypocrite. I love Jesus, but I love the world. And then he starts saying things like, um, I am redeemed. I am forgiven. The Lord walks with me anyway. And now he wants to make a gospel album. This is a 10-year journey. This isn't something that happened overnight. And you can clearly see it in his lyrics if you take the time to actually look it up. And now that he's making a gospel album, a lot of people have just stepped out and said no. Men like this. Wicked, vile, evil men like this, which he was, don't turn to Jesus. And they can't be spiritual leaders. And they can't make music about Jesus. They can't talk about Jesus. It's something that they don't understand and they can't comprehend and they can't talk about. Or they say, a wicked man like this can't be saved. There's no way that guy loves Jesus. There's no way Jesus called that guy into his kingdom. It terrifies me. And it's not scriptural and it's not true. And I want to point that out to you here clearly. First of all, Jesus tells a story in Matthew 20. It's the parable of the workers in the vineyard. And if you know scripture, you're probably familiar with it. There's a guy there's a guy who owns a vineyard and he's looking for workers in his vineyard. And so at the beginning of the day at sunrise, he goes out and he hires five or six guys and they come and they start working in his vineyard. And at 7 o'clock, he goes out and he hires a couple more guys and he brings them in. And by the way, the guys that started working at the beginning of the day agreed they were going to work for a denarius, which was an average day's pay, right? And he goes out again at 7 o'clock. He goes out again at 9 o'clock, hires some more guys. Goes out at nine, at noon, I'm sorry, and hires a bunch more guys. Goes out at 3 p.m., hires a bunch more guys. And he goes at 5 o'clock. And he says to a bunch of guys standing there, hey, dudes, why have you been standing <laughs> This is exactly the way Jesus told it, by the way. Hey, dudes. <laughs> But, fellas, why have you been standing around all day? Why haven't you been working? And they said to him, no one hired us. We don't have any work to do. And he said, come, work in my vineyard. He didn't tell them what they were going to get paid. He only told the first group of guys that they were going to get paid a denarius. And so at the end of the day, at 6 o'clock when they knocked off, there's a couple of guys that have been working for 12 hours. There's some guys who have been working for 10 hours. Some guys who have been working for 8 hours. Some guys who have been working for 6 hours, for 4 hours, for 2 hours, for 1 hour. And they all line up, and he pays the 
last guys he hired first. And he gives them each a denarius, which is a full day's wages. It's what he promised to the guys he hired first right away at sunrise. And he gives them each a denarius. So as they go through the line, he gives everybody a denarius. And the guys who worked 12 hours got paid a denarius, which is exactly the same as he paid the guys who worked for one hour. And these guys that got paid a denarius after only working after working 12 hours assumed that since the guys getting who only worked one hour were getting paid a denarius, that they would get paid more. But he had promised them at the beginning that if you work for me, you will get paid a denarius. They got angry and they said to the Lord, they said to the farmer, they said to the vineyard owner, why aren't you paying us what's fair? You, you paid them a denarius for one hour's work. So why aren't you paying me more? And he said, first of all, it's my money. I can do what I want with it. And second, you agreed to get paid a denarius for a day's work. It's a fair wage. And the point Jesus was making was it doesn't matter when you join the club. It doesn't matter when you suit up for the team. It doesn't matter when the Lord works faith in your heart. It doesn't matter at what point in your life you come to faith. It could be at the moment of death. It could be at baptism at, at two days after you were born. It could be as a child. It could be as a young adult. It could be as, a, as, as an adult convert. It doesn't matter when you come to Jesus. The reward is the same. And he promises he's going to radically change your life if you believe in him and if you trust in him and turn it all over to him. He promises he's going to work dividends in your life. And he promises he's going to bless you while you're still alive. And then he promises he's going to have a place in heaven prepared for you. And it doesn't matter if you convert on the hour that you die or if you convert the first hour that you're alive. The reward is the same. So I will not stand and say, that is too late for Kanye. Second, in John 8, Jesus is confronted with, with, a, with a pretty severe dilemma in, in, in Jewish culture. There's a woman who's caught in adultery. And so, um, pardon any explicity here, but this woman was caught having sex. She was caught having sex with someone she's not married to. She, by Jewish law, is condemned to death immediately. Mosaic law would say she dies. So we don't know whether she was just pleasuring a man or she was a prostitute or she's just like a girl who got caught with a guy whatever it might be she was having sex with a man she was not married to she by mosaic law deserves to die and so the chief priests bring this young lady to jesus and they say jesus what should we do about this and they're trying to trick jesus is what's going on they say jesus what should we do about this this woman is evil and wicked and vile she has lived a sinful life the Mosaic law says she should die. Let's stone her. Jesus, what do you say? Jesus bends down and he starts writing in his finger in the sand. Some people say maybe it was the word to tell us die, the same word he said when he died on the cross. Some people said it was simply a line in the sand saying do not cross. Whatever he wrote in the sand, he was writing with his finger in the sand. The, the, prof, the, uh, the, the leaders of the church start getting upset. They said, Jesus, what should we do? Jesus says, well, you'd be right to stone her. That's the Mosaic law. But let him who has no sin throw the first stone. And the older men who are wiser, they know they're not sinless. They know they've sinned. They're closer to their reckoning. They say, no, I, I'm a sinner. And they slowly walk away. And, and one by one, each of the leaders walks away, realizing they're sinners just like all the rest. They've sinned just like the rest of them. Sooner or later, there's none of them left. And so the woman turns to Jesus and Jesus says, 
Is there no one left to condemn you? She says, no. Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Kanye West may have been a wicked and vile man for most of his life. But he is speaking the words of everlasting life. He may have been a vile and wicked man for the first 30 years, 40, whatever, I don't know how old he is, of his life. Does that disqualify him from finding grace and mercy and forgiveness? Jesus would say no. That's clear in scripture. That there is no point when even the vilest sinner is beyond God's mercy and grace. Finally, I want to turn to 1 Timothy. The Apostle Paul wrote 1 Timothy, by the way. And if the Apostle Paul, at one point, was killing and murdering Christians before Christ called him to serve in his church, and Paul had to earn the right to be an apostle, he had to prove his faith over and over again just to be an apostle. And then he spread the, the word of God all over the known world. He, he wrote half of the New Testament at least But at one point, he was killing, murdering, arresting, torturing Christians. And Paul tells a young Timothy, As surely as I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain men not to teach false doctrines any longer, nor devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. These promote controversies rather than God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have wandered away from these and turned me to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they adamantly or so confidently affirm. I'm not going to throw away the warnings of Jesus about young Christians, and I'm not going to stand here and say Kanye West is the new best thing in Christianity. I'm not going to say, go ahead and follow Kanye West. I'm not going to go worship at his church. I'm not going to go be his disciple. I'm not going to stand in front of you here and say, Kanye will be standing in front of the throne of God as a redeemed child of God. I'm not saying any of that. What I am saying is let's take the man's words, let's take the man's actions, And let's judge according to them. This is a man who himself is speaking very publicly about his faith. This is a man who we can judge his words and actions because he puts them out for the world to see and hear. The guideline that Paul gives us is to condemn anything that does not come from the Lord Condemn anything that doesn't stand in unity with Scripture and let the rest stand. Now, I haven't spent hours and hours scouring Kanye's lyrics and looking up things I didn't understand. And there may be some things on Kanye's gospel album that do not align with Scripture. And there certainly are some things from his earlier work like Jesus Walks or some of the other ones that that just don't align with Scripture. It is what it is. If it doesn't stand against Scripture, do not condemn it. 
In fact, Paul talks about those, uh, those things that don't come from Scripture too. In, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, he says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech and life and love and faith and in purity. And in verse 15, he says, Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Now, I personally took on that as a challenge. I have not deleted a single thing I have posted on this podcast since I started it with the intention of letting people see me grow in faith. There are some things that I said in my earliest podcast that I regret saying, that I wish I hadn't said or that I wish I'd say differently or that I would at least say differently now. And if you want to hear them, go back and listen to them. You'll be able to find them and email me about them and I'll explain them to you. Kanye is doing the same thing. Kanye has step by step throughout his journey as a Christian man shown us what he believes and what he feels and what he thinks, and he's clearly showing us the progress that he's made. And I can't help but think that this is genuine based on what I've seen. I might be wrong, but I, I, I can't read hearts, but I can I can say that I believe what's going on to be genuine. Now, that being said, his worship services are weird. Like I said, I'm not going to go worship with him. I'm not going to go join his church. But I can't condemn him. And and I can't abide anyone condemning him out of, for nonsense reasons. I better get on with it here. Um, there is no one who stands perfect in God's sight. And we know that there is no one who stands um who stands so far gone that they cannot be redeemed by the blood of Jesus who has paid for every one of our sins. Even Paul himself said, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, the be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Kanye West is a figure who's respected and loved by many, 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 many godless people. I love what Lecrae said. Lecrae, when talking about Kanye and Kanye's gospel album, said people could relate themselves, they could see themselves in Kanye, and now, because of Kanye's album, because of Kanye's conversion, they can see themselves as Christians. Don't diminish the amount of influence a man like this might have. Don't diminish the amount of influence and positive influence a man like this might have. There are certainly people who are hearing what he's saying and are going to dive into Scripture and try and figure out what's going on. They can see themselves in Kanye, but they couldn't see themselves as Christians. Now, Kanye is a Christian. They might be able to see themselves as Christians. The Apostle Paul was the worst of sinners. I am not a whole lot better. Probably not any better. I am a sinner. The Lord is using each of us to influence the people around us, and that includes Kanye. The Lord has been very, very patient with Kanye. The Lord has been very, very loving with Kanye. And the Lord, it seems, has guided Kanye to a point where he has an understanding of the gospel, where he knows the Lord's love and is choosing to walk with him. My proof of that comes from Kanye's song, Hands On. Here's what he says. Told God 
Last time on life, told the devil, I'm going on a strike. I've been working for you my whole life. Nothing worse than a hypocrite. Change. He ain't really different. He ain't really try to get permission. Ask for advice and they dissed him. Said I'm going to do a gospel album. What have you been hearing from the Christians? They'll be the first ones to judge me. Make it feel like nobody loves me. They'll feel they'll be the first ones to judge me. Feeling like nobody loves me. Told people God was my mission. What have you been hearing from the Christians? They'll be the first to judge me. Make it feel like nobody loves me. Make you feel alone in the dark. Like you'll never see the light. Man, you're never seeing home. You've never seen the domes. I can feel it when I write. Point of living in the right. If they only see the wrongs, never listen to the songs. Just to listen is a fight. But you booked me for the flight. It's so hard to get along if they only see my the slight. From the love of religion, for what have you been hearing from the Christians? They'll be the first to judge me. Make it seem like nobody loves me. I'm not trying to lead you to visas, but if I try to lead you to Jesus, we get called them halfway believers, only halfway read Ephesians. If only they knew what I knew. Oh, I was never new till I knew of the true and living God, Yeshua, the true and living God. I deserve all the criticism you've got. If that's all the love you have, that's all you got. To sing of change, you think I'm joking. To praise his name, you ask what I'm smoking. Yes, I understand your reluctancy, yeah, but I have a request, you see. Don't throw me up. Lay your hands on me. Please pray for me. Hold myself on death. Hold it down. All falling down. Somebody pray for me. Hands up high. Hands on. Hands up high. He's the reason. I don't know what you're going to do. But I'm going to keep listening to Kanye's gospel album. And I'm going to keep walking with the Lord. And I'm going to keep praying for Kanye. I'm going to keep praying that his influence is positive. I'm going to keep praying that he grows in grace and knowledge of the truth. I'm going to keep praying that that this man learns to love the Lord as he is. And he can turn how many heads in Hollywood and how many heads in the world towards the gospel. That he chooses to, to, to lead a life of purity. That he chooses to lead people closer and closer to his heavenly father. That he discovers every ounce of truth truth that he knows the lord as he is and they can walk faithfully in the steps of jesus model himself after jesus chase after the lord be known by the lord to walk in his truth to find a home in heaven i pray that the lord has a mansion prepared for kanye pray that kanye does great things that he becomes this anomaly this one weird thing that happened that drove so many people to heavenly father i pray that i pray that kanye starts a revival. I can't stand and condemn this man. And I pray that neither can you. The last thing I want to talk about is a parable Jesus told about, about a shepherd, the good shepherd. Now the good shepherd knows his sheep. His sheep know his voice and they follow his voice. But every once in a while, sheep will stray. And so... When a sheep strays, he might have a hundred sheep. That shepherd might have a hundred sheep. But will he not leave the 99 to go and rescue the one who strayed? And Jesus says, when he finds the one sheep that strays, will he not throw a party? Will he not rejoice? Will he not say to his friends, come and rejoice with me, for I have found the one that was lost. The one that was lost has returned. The prodigal son has returned. He has come home. Scripture says there will be more rejoicing in heaven over the redemption of one who is lost, the, the, the faith, the, the conversion of one who has been lost. 
than of many who have always believed. I have no doubt the angel choirs are singing over Kanye West. I have no doubt the angels in heaven are singing over me. They're throwing a party because they've won a great victory. A man who not only was vile and evil, but has great influence and could drive many, many people to hell and has, has been converted. And he loves the Lord. And I pray that that continues. I pray that it's genuine faith and that it's real. And I'm going to have his back. Like I said, always keep an open mind. Be skeptical. Go ahead. I'm going to be skeptical. And I think I've earned the right to be skeptical. I've seen all kinds of pastors who don't love the Lord the way they should. I've seen all kinds of people lead people away from faith and claiming that they're in faith. I'm not naive. I know the risks involved. But I also know myself in my own heart. I know that Kanye West is a man who's a sinner. And based on what I'm seeing and hearing, if he was my neighbor, I'd be rejoicing. I'd be so glad that he had found the Lord. So if Kanye is going to find the Lord, I'm going to walk with him. I'm going to love him. And if he shows up at Saloa someday, I'll sit next to him in Bible class. We'll read together. And I'll rejoice when I see him in heaven. Just as I'll rejoice when I see you. God's blessings, guys. I hope you have an awesome week. I know I appreciate you a little bit, but I who's on my heart. The Lord be with you. The Lord walk with you. The Lord make his face shine on you and give you peace. And I pray that each of you knows the Lord the way I do, maybe even better. That you see the love and mercy and forgiveness that he gives you every single day, that he walks with you, that not that he walks, he walks with you already, that you walk with him faithfully, that you let him lead your life, teach you humility and love. Pray he changes every aspect of your life. Pray it changes every aspect of the way you think and feel and act. He claims you securely as his own. Claims you as his child. God bless you guys. Have an awesome week. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.